Bueller, 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 Bueller. Wake up! Good morning! Terry Wilson, he's gonna throw! Conrad! Touchdown, Kentucky! Touchdown, Kentucky! Victory, Kentucky! Like, give your fans what they want, you dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. They, Rubbish! There's buggers over here. Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British We bastards. beat the British. Second Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeeding. Just wild. Like, that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable... What an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun. Play fake. Step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Kentucky. Jesus, Rash, get it together. Yeah, it's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Hello, everybody. Happy Thursday to you. November 17th, 2022. You're listening to Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X. Roll Call. 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen here on your Thursday game day morning. The Kentucky basketball Wildcats back in action after a disappointing Tuesday evening. Should get back on track. Tonight, so we've got plenty to talk about. The football cats have Georgia looming in a game that doesn't have a lot of folks overly excited, but we're going to talk about it. You never know. That's why they play the games. And uh, the Pack Attack play tonight, which is very exciting also. Mm, Big Thursday. Double TV night at the Walker House. Oh, yeah. The basement's going to be popping and don't come a knocking. Uh, looking forward. Oh. It's going to be a fun Thursday evening. Yeah. Football yeah. and basketball and chill. Interesting. Well, yeah, don't want to interrupt me when I'm watching my, my sprouts. You know how it goes. Yeah, your sprouts. How are you, Roush? I'm doing well. Um, we, we've we got the uh, the snots going around the Roush house with the, with the sun. So, you know, bed, bedtime's uh, kind of a struggle and whatnot that happens. But uh, we're, you know, we're, we're chugging right along. Uh, big weekend coming up. Um, where uh, you get the wife's going to try to wallpaper the kitchen with her mom and uh, uh, my aunt, so that should be interesting. Uh, she really wants to get it done so she can put up Christmas decorations. So uh, that's where we're racing the clock against. All right. Well, that a lot going on there. Yeah, sniffles mm-hmm. seem like they're going on pretty much everywhere, all, all across the city. So wash your hands if uh, you're sick, stay home. And besides that. Enjoy uh, enjoy this freezing cold weather. It was really cold this morning, Scoots. I'm not sure if you're there or not. Yeah, I'm here. It was, yeah, pretty brutal. I, I think part of the snots and everything going around is just it got cold really quick. It was just perfect fall weather for so long, and then, bam, 30 degrees in snow. Oh, just wait till next week. It's going to be in the teens. Yikes. Ooh, Ugh, sheesh. I just I, – I don't mind it until I'll – um, the, the meter, the natural gas meter reader is right. Um, it's, it's, it's like on my path in between the, 
uh, car and the house. And so I just hear that. And I'm like, oh, gosh, it's just money coming out of the pocket. Uh, I mean, you got to mute your, your stuff over there, Scoots. Sorry. Uh, I'll do the same on mine in case it's, it's, it's me. Uh, Browse, it's heating your house. That's not like that's a that's a necessity. Yeah, but you know, you just hear it going, and you know that's money being spent. So you're like, ah, oh. Rush, you can't take money with you. You know that, right? Like you 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 make it to spend it. I know that, but like you also the the it costs a lot to heat a big old house that has like we we got our our storm window stink. We got to get those redone. We got tall ceilings. It's just it's very inefficient. So. When I hear it, it's just another reminder that, like, all right, we got to make this better because it's going to cost a, a boot ton. Like, it's just like it shouldn't cost a quarter of my mortgage just to heat my house. It's just too much. Did you ever think about all this when you bought that house? Like, you knew that it was going to play a factor in it, but that's still just like it's the dad in me who's just kind of, oh man, got to turn down one thermostat when we're not upstairs, and we're you know you just you just play the dad game. I think this is, I feel like this is not a very unrelatable thing for me to just be worried about the thermostat. No, no. I, I mean, I, I think everybody is, has at least that, those thoughts, but just the fact that you, you notice the hissing when you're walking to your car, I think you're probably alone in that, or maybe not alone, but uh, you're, you're a rare breed in terms of picking up on that. <laughs> but that's all right. I mean, you got to stay warm. I, I, I think about that stuff too, Roush, back before we had a baby, I would love to see how long we could go before turning on the heat or even turning on the air in, so the, much fun. in the spring and summer. And, you know, you'd have, we would have mornings. We, we lived in a really, this house is a little bit newer, but we, in St. Matthew's, our house was really old and it seemed like it just costs a fortune to heat it. And it was a much smaller house than what you have now. Um, and so you'd notice, you notice that in the bills that in the, in the winter or when it was really, really hot in the summer but with a baby it's just like yeah you, it's, it, you know, i don't even think twice about it anymore it's just like all right we got the house has to be warm i'm not gonna let that little girl be cold so it's like it's a built-in expense now instead of like a game where it used to be you know oh, man that was such a fun game though. it was a fun game especially because i'm one that like i've got these nice long sleeve clothes and this is the one time of the year where i'm just not sweating at, at, at the <laughs> snap of a finger so like unlike scoots who's just like it's so cold i'm like bring it on like give me the blankets give me the sweatshirts like we'll play freeze out but uh can't you're right you, you can't do that with the with the little baby right? and and what you got to think though is like once those little you know once they get older then it's all the game's back on. Then it's all oh, like they're toast. Oh, they yeah, are so toast. And they're gonna they're gonna hate Don't it. Don't stand and, a chance. But but while they're kind of helpless, I, I think in yeah. the meantime, you know, I don't, I don't, I think we're at, I think we keep our house at like seventy, which is crazy high for where we used to be. But mm -hmm. you know, upstairs gets a little drafty, so insulation's not as good upstairs. Uh, so we we got to do what we got to do. But it is winter's here. I mean, yeah, the yeah. beautiful the beautiful mild fall we have. Uh, it's it's swinging back the other way on the yin yang. The the dry air is what's really like like I, I'm coughing, but it's not like I have a cough. Like I'm just not used to breathing air that isn't like this humid. You know, it's just we got we got a dry cool winter on the way. It was kind of neat. I was uh, out doing something at uh, DeSales last night. Uh, they got their open house this weekend, so helping them do some stuff and things. And as I left, it was just pouring snow um, out in the football field, and it's like ah football weather. Um, I, I didn't 
get a chance to watch the action. I just saw some highlights and I saw a picture that somebody had built a fan snowman in the stands at Central Michigan. Like that's just beautiful. Like mwah, I love you so much, Maxion. Yeah, the Maxion snowy is all get out. Scoots, have you seen the forecast for the Buffalo game this weekend? <laughs> uh, yeah, four to six feet. That's pretty wild. <laughs> pretty wild. That that seems like I mean, a safe under. I mean, <laughs> that's wild. Like. I bet there's some people listening, Scoots, that were like, oh, the Buffalo, who cares about the Buffalo game? Four to six inches. Uh, you know, that's a lot of snow. Oh, four to six feet. Four to six feet. Yeah. That, it, it's, it's the, the thing is, too, is I, I love it because I don't have to be in it. I love watching other people play football in the cold weather. It's just, it's, it's so much fun. But this is why Buffalo is going to spend a bunch of money on a new stadium. They're not doing a dome. But they are at least designing it to try to keep like wind gusts and stuff out so that like, okay, if it does snow, we just bolt, you know, we just plow it to the side and then you're fine. But I'm curious, Buffalo fans are infamously crazy. Um, how how do you even get there if there's four to six feet of snow on the road? I know they have infrastructure in place and these lake effect snow places to move, but like Four to six feet of snow is still a ton of snow. How are people even going to get there? Do we let the weathermen off the weather people off the hook with a forty-eight to seventy-two inch margin of snow? Pretty. That's I me. Mean, that's pretty. That's significant. Like we may be off by twenty-four inches. Everybody. Well, not when it's that scale of snow. You, I think you can because you got to think too um, when you get those. Uh, I'm, those uh what, what is it when like the the uh the snow the wind knocks it to like a certain a drift drift that's the word i'm looking for because you think some drifts are probably like double whatever they come down so like i'll give them some more leeway when it's that much but if it was uh six inches or 24 inches then yes that's that's when you start like what could be six inches or two feet it's like okay you as the the more projected the more leeway i'm going to give you because they're basically just saying it's going to be a damn lot by the way, that yeah. snowstorm started last night there, so and it's supposed to last up until Sunday. So I don't really know how people are going to get there. <laughs> I have no idea. The four day snowstorm. Damn, man, that is that is absolutely I mean, crazy. How does Buffalo? Do they have? They have to have an indoor there, right? Yeah, facility. Yeah, they've got to. Yeah. Yeah, the the Bengals, I think were maybe I think they were the last team to not have an indoor facility, and now they do. Uh, but they practiced outside yesterday in pretty cold, miserable weather. We got some snow here in Louisville. I'm not sure if Roush you did in the South End or not, but mm-hmm. uh, got yep. some last night. It was kind of pretty. It made made for uh, made for a nice little Ooh. Wednesday evening. Here is a uh, here's a fun snow toy. We we got a. I, I need to go ahead and get like a sled now before it snows, and then you go to the hardware store and there's no sleds left. But um, we got a snowball maker at one point, which is. Very simplistic. It looks like a little pincher, and at the end, it's uh, the size of a snowball. And we tried it out last year. Like it was, you know, this is like a fun, like kind of stocking gag toy, right? Like it was two, you know, five bucks. It wasn't very good for the snow last year when it was real powdery. The other day when it snowed, it was kind of icy mixed in, and Duke was just scooping them, pinching them together, and then slinging them like a lacrosse stick, and freaking nailing my mom and Brooke. And so I just, I would recommend that, that fun toy, very fun toy. It's snowball maker. 
Yes, yes. Back in my day, that was called your hands. Whoa! <laughs> Would you all want a few feet of snow in town? Absolutely not. Yeah, I'd be I'd be down with it, uh, depending on like a, a lot of it. it. Without ice, yes, I'm down because ice means power's gone. But if you get a few feet of snow, you keep power and electricity. Like, yeah, sure, I'm fine being snowed in. The blizzard of uh, what was it, '78 back in the day in Louisville? Um, that was the snowiest month ever, and. I think Louisville got like 28 inches of snow, 29 inches of snow. So not even, not even three feet. Not even close to it. Yeah. Buffalo is uh, probably going to have that by the time we, we end our show today, if that storm's the, going through there. So the um, best snow, I like, I know when my sisters were born in 93, there was a bad blizzard, but the best snow I can remember, we were in college and I think you were actually out. Like it was probably your first year out. Um, my senior shout year. To, shout out to T Grizzly. Um, they uh, we had a, a foot of snow and it just stayed cold for a week, melted, and uh, I, I, you know, one week happens, it warms up for like two days, get another feet of snow, and then that ended up melting. So we we had like nine days in a two week span where there was about a foot of snow on the ground. That was a lot of fun in college. A lot of fun. Uh, it's actually first day out by T Grizzly, not first year out. So hand up, that's on me. Um, no, I always love a good snow. I, I'm I'm fine with uh, maybe even a couple throughout a winter. Uh, and if they shut things down, fine, fine with me. Rash, I agree with you. Yeah, you don't want people to lose power. Obviously, that makes life incredibly, incredibly difficult. Um, all right, but here, let me add one more thing to the caveat, and we'll get to the sports talk. Would you be okay with it if this big snowstorm started? midday morning christmas eve um yeah i think mm-hmm. i'd be fine with that no probably means you're not going to be able to travel as much yeah. and see family your family won't be able to travel as much and come see you that's the thing i'd rather miss work than miss family time so if we're, if it's going to happen make it be in the middle of the week not around a holiday that is a good point it would be a real shame if a snowstorm kept me from going to like a depressing UK bowl game. Like, let's just say they went like six and six instead of seven and five, right? Lose to Louisville. They end up going to Houston instead of Vegas or something, you know, wouldn't be the worst. Wouldn't wouldn't be the end of the world. No, I I, I hear you loud and clear. I'm a huge fan of white Christmas. I, I think we've only had a couple of them, a few of them in our lifetime and I'm over 30 now. So I'm, I, I'd be all for it. And if it means family has to get together another time, that's fine. Most of our family lives in town anyway. So we get to, we'll get to see them one, one day or another. But I had, uh, I had a situation three, it was before Duke was around. So, you know, 2018, something like that, where we would, we used to do Christmas Eve at, in Ohio and then drive Christmas morning to Kentucky or vice versa. Uh, one of the two. And we were in Ohio. We leave the Christmas Eve party and it's just so much snow. Um, and I was like, oh, crap, am I going to be stuck here? You know, like, uh, I want to go see my family, too. It ended up uh, not being too bad, but it was there, there was definitely a, a moment there where I was like, oh, gosh, we're going to be here <laughs> for a while. Yeah, yeah, those uh, th- those always make you think. Got to wonder if you got to stay the night, if you can risk it. Uh, always usually better just to play it safe. Um, 
But there's your snow talk. Knowing that we've gotten ah. snow in like mid and early November probably means it'll be like 70 on Christmas, though. And well, all the white I, Christmas talk will be for naw. The uh, the word on the street is that it's going to be a rough winter. That was at least what uh, my They said that last year, though, and it was me. more more mild. I've heard that as well. Hey, by the way, that inch or the that snowfall we had last Friday, that was the earliest we've ever gotten an inch in Kentuckyana. Wow. How about that? How about it? Interesting. We we had a big – I've talked about this on the show before, too. We had a big snowfall Halloween or, like, around Halloween in October, like, 2011, maybe, like-ish, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. It may not have been the actual Halloween night, but it may have been, like, the weekend before. Right. And that may have not gotten up to an inch, but it was a lot. Like, it was a – you know, there was, like, a fresh cover blanket of snow uh, when it was all said and done. But the earliest we've ever gotten an inch. Justin Kalen coming with the fun facts. I uh, I think I read that we don't typically get our first inch of snow until, on average, around December 26th. So, super early this year. Huh. That is interesting. All right. Uh, what's – most interesting is Thornton's special that they're doing right now. They're free trying coffee to get Thursday. No, oh, we always forget when coffee Gosh. Thursday rolls around. Did you get Love. your free cup of Joe? Uh, I'm waiting until I go to Lexington this afternoon to hang out with Mark Stoops and uh, watch the Cats against South Carolina Central State. Okay, that's a good call. That's yeah, that's, that's probably a good, good time to use your free cup of coffee. So a couple of different things here. If you're not a Refreshing Rewards member, if you sign up right now, Thornton's is going to give you a free breakfast drink included. So you're going to get a delicious, tasty, hearty, meaty breakfast sandwich, cheesy as well. And then you're going to get a free drink just for becoming, just for downloading an app that's completely and totally free. It's totally free. I mean, what a deal. And then you may wonder, all right, well, that's how they get you in. What, what, What after that? discounts, deals, specials, buy one, get ones. You never really know with the Thornton's app, but they're always providing something. And their most recent thing is on Thursdays, you just get free coffee. So when you're a Fresh Rewards member, one, if you're now just signing up, you can get a free breakfast and a drink included. And then boom, next week, you're going to be enjoying free coffee from every Thursday until they decide to, to do another cool deal. So free coffee Thursday, take advantage of it. It is colder than... All get out out there. You're going to need to warm up a little bit. Maybe it's cold outside. What's the hot coffee? Uh, not the hot coffee. The hot cocoa Swiss Miss? Oh, yeah. Yep. My, my, when it's like cold or it's snowing, very sweet. The wife will make us some hot chocolate. But like last night, I just was really feeling it. She didn't want one. And she still made me one, which was really sweet. I can still... You know, I, yes, I can make my own hot. I was about to say, like, it's just you warm up milk and you pour the powder in. But I do this thing where I like, I'm like, Hannah, oh my gosh. Like, I don't know what you're putting in this stuff, but it is unbelievable. <laughs> oh, man. Great, great trick right there. No, no. Great, uh, great husband right there. That's not a trick. Wow. How? No, not at all. And she was like, I, you see me scoop this into the cup and put it in the, like, I'm not doing anything. Like, <laughs> I'm like, no, I don't think, I don't think you can put a price tag on <laughs> Love. I don't think you can put a price tag on love with that. Oh, you can't measure man. how much love you're putting into a, a cup of hot cocoa. But uh, <laughs> and she always, and it's really cute. She always puts it in my little Kentucky roll call mug because that mug doesn't get any use because I don't drink coffee. So it's all. I had a nice little hot cup of Ooh. hot cocoa as the snow was falling last night. 
uh, watching Survivor and the Challenge and uh, drinking out of my Kentucky Roll Call mug. Uh, since we're still doing nonsense and we're just going to go to a break, sure. Um, I'm uh, I kind like I like some of the old sur- some of the new things about Survivor, but I miss the old like I miss the old Survivor, the like reward challenge formula, ha- having two challenges an episode basically. I, I miss it. I miss it. Survivor, you're cutting back on production here. Like I know it costs money to make TV shows, but come on, you can't cut back on Survivor. We don't, we don't get the like food auction anymore or the family yeah. visits. I hate, I hate both of those things gone. They'll probably bring family visits back this time, right? I, I doubt know. it. Not with them being, uh, it's only the 26 day one now. They probably don't have a need to bring their family out. Yeah, who yeah. misses somebody after only 26 days? Exactly, crazy. <laughs> That's not it. I, I, I miss that element though. Like they just starve them out quicker and it's not as fun. Like they're, it, it, it's just like, I'm really hungry and my body's tired instead of like my brain is eating itself and I can't stand these people anymore. The, I, I'm like hating people because you've been stuck on an island with them for 30 days. You don't get that same pop that you do when it's shrunk down. I had a little controversy last night, but we'll spare our listeners from the survivor chatter. Uh, it could be it could be a survivor season for UK's offensive coordinator, Scangarello. Um, oh, we got an been... update too that I some some potentially some scoop. We've all on been the other frustrated. Side of the break. We've all been frustrated with this offense, and as Roush has alluded to, there's updates, folks. There's this uh, for that painful segment we just put you through. We're going to make it all worth it. We're rewarding you, baby. When we return, UK football, big-time news, big-time. I mean, we could probably spend the rest of the show talking about this. We will 1,000% not do that because we have a really jam-packed Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. But don't go anywhere. You're not going to want to miss this. This is Kentucky Roll Call. Peter Walker, Nick Rouse, Justin Kalen, big-time football update when we return. It's where I drank my first beer. It's where I found Jesus. Walker and Roush. You killed my father. Prepare to die. This is a message and a calling. Old villains. I don't know if you care about this or not, but that steak and shake that's been sitting there on Barchtown Road just outside of the Upper Highlands on the other side of the Watterson. Um, it has been vacant for like five years now, if not maybe even longer. We've got news, and they've had signs outside of it. If you, it's a Bargetown Road near Butchel, near the Highlands, right off the Waterson, Steak and Shake. It had been there for over 20 years, if not longer. And then all of a sudden, they had gates around it, and it said, under, under renovation, be back soon, BRB, I think it said on it somewhere. Um, it never came back, and it's never coming back, as a matter of fact. So you can kiss that steak and shake goodbye. I think there's only one in town now, maybe two. The one yeah, by three, three still left. The one the by Kiana me doesn't even sell chicken fingers. That was like steak and shake's best food that they had there was their chicken well, fingers. I mean, they're known for steak burgers. 
Well, I said what I said. Um, Here, here's so. a here's a question. Did that did that fall under the fast food? Because Steak and Shake is not fast; it is slow. So, did it, you ever try a burger there? Was that out? I never, I never, food? I never tried a burger there. Uh, the wife says one night when we were like dating that I took a bite of her burger, but I think that that's fake news. Uh, a lot of that going around as of late. Anyways, that Steak and Shake's gone; it's never coming back. But they are putting in a Jack in the Box. Mm-hmm. In uh, that and location, I think it's it'll not be the, the only Jack in the Box coming to Louisville too. Oh, never, really? I did not know that. Yeah the the article I read from one of the business I, I forget the outlet business first Louisville business something like that. There's also one going in in uh, Valley Station. Uh, I'm I'm assuming uh, kind of in that corridor near Valley High School uh, on Dixie Highway. But yeah, the uh, Jack in the Box expanding, Steak and Shake shrinking. The the Steak and Shake that was by my parents' house. Um, in kind of PRP, that uh, has turned into a WW Cousins to go, and I, I've I've been wanting to try it, but have not yet. So, what uh, I, I don't think I've ever been to a Jack in the Box. Anybody have a scouting report for me, Scoots? That seems like you you'd be a Jack in the Box feller. That does seem like I'd be a Jack in the Box feller, but I have admittedly never been. So I I got nothing for you. Uh, they may be in Florida, yeah, but I I just I don't know. I never ventured out to Jack in the Box. Gotcha. Where are they? Like where where or where are they most popular? Like along See, the southwest? I, I, Texas? I think it's a western thing, but I'm not I'm not positive. I'll, but I'll see still uh excuse me. I'll see them when I'm traveling around the south too. So, I don't know. They might just be a little here there and everywhere. They I, I would see their ads back in the day like talking about burritos and stuff. So, I don't know. I think they just do a little bit of everything. Okay. A, a, a jack of all trades in the box. How about that? All right, text on into the Thornton's text line. It won't be long before we just go straight text line and let you all talk about whatever you want to talk about. Uh, we had one, we had one texter who wasn't who wasn't thrilled with our our, our content from yesterday. Uh, we look forward to that. But in the meantime, mm-hmm. there is some big time football news. I, I think there's maybe even a caveat to this that I don't know that Roush is going to okay. share with all of us. But Roush, can you just lay it out as like simplistically as possible because? You had a really interesting quote about Scangarello, and I'm guessing maybe this plays off that to some degree. So yes, you take yes. it away. Spotlight's it, on you. We'll, we'll lump it all into one. So essentially, uh, Rich Scangarello kind of got off the hook Tuesday night. Uh, everybody wants to get their torches and pitchforks up for him, but his scheduled weekly discussion is at five on Tuesdays. Well, that was right before the Champions Classic. So he talks um, – they bring out two players, Tayshawn Manning to Kel Crowdis. Um, they talk, and everybody is like, all right, we got the video. We'll put it up, and then we'll, we'll dive in on Wednesday and see if there's anything noteworthy to post. Well, um, a lot of the questions were asked, Rich, so why is the red zone so bad? Why is the red zone so bad? Eventually, he got to the point of, like, this whole offense's problems is we do a decent job moving the ball, and then we get in the red zone, and it's hard, and we don't execute. And why? He's, he knew he, he knows the how. We all know the how. But when it got to the why, that was where things got interesting with DeKel Crowdis because the redshirt freshman uh, has not done a ton of media. I talked to him at media day. I think he's been uh, out for interviews maybe once or two other times. And he's not the biggest like, here's an easy question. I'm just going to talk for a long time. Like he'll just respond. Um, there's not – a whole lot of filter there. And you saw that when he was asked about the red zone problems, he said, probably, ah, 
I just had to say the play caller because we were down in the red zone and just couldn't get it. That's pretty much all I can say. And he said it kind of quietly, but he didn't know any other way to say it other than what was on his mind. What is pretty clear that some players have been saying around the locker room. Even so, this is pretty unprecedented. Not just for Kentucky football and the 10 years I've been covering it. Uh, Luckett and I were trying to find just anybody in college football where a player called out a coach for his play calling. And really, Ezekiel Elliott is your own, is your most recent example of it. That wasn't very recent, and that was a very high-profile situation. So it doesn't happen very often. It's a bad sign of writing on the wall. And then I don't know if you had saw, seen this quote as well, um, but uh, Stephen Godfrey, who he's one of these guys who you don't hear about it very often. He does a podcast, Split Zone Duo. He, he He's very popular this time of the year because he's a coaching carousel guy. He's very plugged in with all the people at that coaches convention. He knows his stuff and was really uh, forward thinking when it comes to dropping some tea leaves. And on his latest podcast, he said, one thing that I can tell you is going to happen. What has been described to me as a, quote, assistant coach reckoning at the following places, Tuscaloosa, College Station, and Lexington. So, whoa. Yeah. Um, and not only does that make sense from what's happening on the field, if you look at the Kentucky football coaching contracts, Amor Stewart just signed an extension over the summer to get him through the season. That's very rare. Normally you get two-year deals. Uh, the one-year deal, very, very rare. Um, I know John Settle, the running backs coach, his contract is up this summer. Um, I, be I believe Collins, the secondary coach, is as well, although I've kind of liked what he's done. But that's a, you know, maybe you swing big uh, somewhere else. You, you, you think you can get a bigger recruiter? He, he's done all right. But um, – there's just a lot of a lot on the table. Uh, I know uh, if you do want to get a new offensive coordinator, the way you can attract a big-time offensive coordinator is to tell him that he can bring his offensive line coach as well. Um, if you're getting a new offensive coordinator too, maybe you're like, well, this Woodward guy, he's more of a quarterback's coach anyway. He's not really coaching receivers. We don't need him around. So the offensive uh, – the assistant coach reckoning – there's going to be a lot of turnover. Uh, it's been pretty clear up until this point, um, but exactly how many that that that's that that remains to be seen. And I'm not sure if it's all going to happen at once or if they're going to do the thing where, all right, you, we're gonna we're gonna keep you around uh, through signing day, and then after that, it's all right. Let's 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 get stuff figured. I think it's probably more of the latter. That's traditionally the way to go um, with Rich Scangarello and the offensive coordinator likely being the one exception to that rule. That's a lot to, it's a lot to take in. Um, I, I think a lot of people are probably going to take that kind of as good news. Um, I, I don't, why wouldn't you want to switch things up? Yeah. When you had high expectations and then an easy schedule and you just screwed the pooch. You really did. You did. Uh, I mean, the, the Vandy loss is, like we talked about, debatably the worst in the Mark Stoops era. And you know, I, I think something needs to be done about that. Uh, I, I saw this making the rounds over on House of Blue, and I may uh, I may try to send it over to 
to Scoots, but you, you, the quotes start to add up, Roush. I think if you take them all together, whether it's the quotes about how complex the offense is or how much there is to learn, um, those, you know, we weren't crazy about them when we heard them, but now looking back, it's like, okay, well, no wonder the offense is bad. People weren't being able to figure this stuff out. Uh, and then you, you just see some of the results on the field and you see it, you see the, the way the wind's blowing. Um, and it gets to a point where the players can't even help themselves, but say stuff and rumblings get out there. And I've no, if you were an offensive player on this team, how would you be having fun? Like what, what would be your favorite? If you were a lineman, if you were the quarterback, if you were a running back, although, you know, Chris Rodriguez has put up some good numbers, but a lot of times he's getting first contact right at the line of scrimmage, um, mm-hmm. somewhere behind the line of scrimmage and he's making something out of nothing. And certainly, 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 if you're a wide receiver, who's having fun in this offense? Who Who's enjoying it? Who would want to come back and do all this again? Nobody. Nobody. And I didn't expect us to get to this point at any uh, – you know, I was wrong. Uh, I wish, you know, after the old Miss game, you could have said I, – I would have said, hey, I've seen enough. This isn't going to be the guy. Um, but I didn't because there's some fun, in- interesting wrinkles to this offense. And I think a lot of times we just said, well, the offensive line's so bad, they're doing whatever they can. But as the season's gone on, it's just there's been no sign of improvement. There's been no step in the right direction. There's been no, well, this stunk early on, but at least they've figured this out. It's going the opposite way. We're finding more flaws. We're finding more holes, and things aren't good. And now you're getting players, as I mentioned, speaking out about all this. Um, it, make, it, does, it makes me a little nervous. You know, you still desperately need to win that Louisville game. It will not be good news for anybody involved with UK football if they lose to U of L. Um, so I know Stoops doesn't want to fire somebody middle of the season. If they're going to ride this thing out, well, that's one thing, um, but you still got to, you still got to wait, find a way to get the players happy or at least where yeah. they don't want to go out there and, and give a hundred percent. One, that's how people get hurt when you go out there and you kind of half-ass things. And two, mm-hmm. it's also how you just get your, you get beaten down. Well, the uh, the theory like that Luckett threw out uh, when recording our podcast yesterday, which it didn't go live. At, you know, we got a lot of people out and doing things. So that's coming up today. But he's like, could you see Stoops firing Skang, letting him eat this Georgia game, eat this loss, and then that's kind of your bump before the Louisville game. And I, I totally can see that scenario happening, right? Like, yeah. okay, this will get this will get people yeah. fired up for the Louisville game. Let's get rid of Skang, and then, but. Why, why, why get rid of him? Like, make him eat some humble pie and get his ass kicked by Georgia. <laughs> yeah, but like, I'm, I, I totally understand that logic. And if you, if I were a betting man, I would probably put some, some coins on that because that, that does sound like probably the situation you're going to have. But I do, I would say that, like, would there be some concerns about you wouldn't be installing a brand new offense or anything along those lines? But would there be any concerns about, hey, you do just – at the end of the day, you just need to come out with a win against U of L, whether it's one point or whether it's 40 points, and completely throwing out everything, including the kitchen sink the week before that game may actually make it more difficult. Uh, it's tricky because on that hand, there's probably truth to that. It's, I'm probably being a little hyperbolic with it. But more so, is, is the momentum bump more significant than maybe the chaos surrounding the play calling? And you have you have to weigh that. I think the momentum bump probably would be worth it, to be honest. Yeah, I, really, the the Louisville game for me is just all about how how fired up can Stoops get for them. Like you know, it's just how. What Stoops called the place. 
<laughs> but like just how how excited can he get this team? Because when they get up, I mean they just beat the snot out of them. They have superior talent. So it's it's all about getting them up. And I think that's the easiest to that's the that 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 would be an easy way to get everybody to rally around the troops. Because and here's the other thing, like when it comes to a bowl game, like you usually have to find something to get inspired by. And that might be tough. That that might be really tough this year with guys opting out. This could be your your bowl game, um, where it's like, all right, we're we're gonna give one last ride, one one more home game at the Crow to get fired up, beat the snot out of our rival. So, yeah, and I'm all for that. That all sounds fine to me. I think you're probably right about all that. One other part I'd add to is you just hope that Georgia doesn't break your soul. Yep. That's, yep. you know, that's one thing that I think we all assume the Cats are going to lose. It probably ain't going to be pretty. Georgia does it to great teams. Kentucky seems a little bit like a broken team right now. Uh, so it's not it's not an ideal spot to be in. Uh, but we're talking all about this. We're looking ahead to the Louisville game. We're, this may happen. That may happen. They they got to get up for this game. That's all fine and dandy. But you you, you one thing we're not factoring in is what like a 42-3 to three loss could do to some of the players, could do to morale. Yep. And you're right, maybe after that on Sunday, their offensive coordinator, he, he he takes the loss. He's the scapegoat, partially, partially. I mean, probably deserves some of it, no doubt about that. And and maybe that can get some of their spirits back come Monday. But that's, you got to, you just got to hold on against Georgia. It's probably not going to be pretty. I don't think Georgia's going to try to run up the score. I think we talked about this yesterday, but uh, that's one thing. All this sounds good in terms of getting up for the U of L game, but that's one thing we'll have to we'll have to consider because that loss losing isn't fun and losing big isn't fun either. So, uh, and having a bunch of Georgia fans barking in your stadium isn't going to be a good time as well. So, uh, hold on this weekend, play hard, play a lot better than you did against Vanderbilt, and then we can start having these conversations on Monday about what things look like for the big rivalry game against the Cards. Man, it's gonna be a wild time, wild time around the Kentucky football program over the next couple weeks. Um, I know our textures are going to get into much more of that. Um, so do you want to go ahead and get to the Thorns text line? Yep, I know exactly where we left off. I'll go ahead and uh, pick it up. Indiana Tim here, early season overreactions. I'm a cow butt slapper, but he was out coach. Cats have two really good shooters, and we can't get them open. Hope the offensive sets get better. They will. All this is going to get better. It's we got to just remember this is November basketball. And for the out-coach things, it's true. I mean, we talked about it in great detail yesterday. But it, it was more situational, important plays where it really stood out. Now, yeah. unfortunately, those are when they matter the most. But, like, you know, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't go as far as saying it was like a coaching clinic, Izzo versus Cal, throughout the entire game. UK was ahead the majority of the game. They look like the better team the majority of the game. As we mentioned yesterday, it was Michigan State having to kind of crawl back. And it was Kentucky's issue, and it certainly is coaching-related, that they allowed them to crawl back, and they didn't push their lead, and they didn't extend the lead and put Michigan State out of the game. Um, so the coaching stuff, it gets a little blown out of proportion. And then part of coaching also is roster construction and recruiting. Um so, like, you know, there's a reason why Kentucky was the more talented team on Tuesday. And there's a reason why they were leading the majority of the game and look like the better team for the majority of the game. Uh, and that's got to be credit on Calipari. But it is 110% true that an important situational basketball, 
Izzo had the advantage over Cal on Tuesday night. There's really no debating it. So um, I do think there is some overreaction, as you would imagine, and possibly some by us as well. But uh, it it wasn't Cal's best coaching night on Tuesday. He's got to get better at that stuff. But big picture, Roush, we will, even if you lose on Sunday, Kentucky's going to be fine. This team's going to be really, really good. They hadn't played together as a team in well over a month in terms of having Oscar out there on the court. And it looked like it at times where people just were a little, do I go this way? Do I go that way? Do I cut into this way? Do I cut into that way? Um, yeah, you had the Bahamas and you had some of that stuff, but then you played four games without your best player and things look different and things change. So there's going to be a little learning curve to it. I'm not panicked. I'm frustrated with Tuesday, just like anybody else is. Did you all see the Gonzaga Texas game? Uh, th- that was, that was what I was going to get to, uh, was like, man, uh, I don't know if it's more or less encouraging or not because they got Texas absolutely stomped them 93 to 74 beat down of the Zags. Uh, Beard and his, his transfers balled out. Marcus Carr, 16 points. Tyrese Hunter, 26. They, they stomped him. They absolutely stomped him. And the thing was, is TJ, I think we knew going into the season that this wasn't. Like, it was Drew Timmy. They recruited well, but it isn't the same. It didn't feel like the same kind of caliber of player, but I still didn't expect a almost 20-point loss in the lead-in going into this Kentucky game. So you're going to have – I feel like it's not going to help Kentucky's chances how hungry both teams are going to be. But on the flip side, at least the Cats get to, like, knock their the stank off of their loss before they go out to Spokane. Yeah, they will. Um, It's going to be a tough game for UK, regardless of what Gonzaga did against Texas. Kentucky is going to be flying across the country, playing in a hostile environment in what will be one of Gonzaga's biggest games in program history, getting to, not at their home arena, but getting to, you know, have UK in town is a huge, huge deal. Probably something that Gonzaga fans 10 years ago would have never believed 20 years ago they would have told you that you were absolutely full of it so it's a huge deal and it'll be a tough game for for uk i'm not like that one i could just whatever i could live with whatever happened but the michigan state one i was assuming a win so you almost feel like you need to go grab one back kentucky's Mm -hmm. just a better team than gonzaga and i know gonzaga beat michigan state and michigan state had just beaten kentucky and you do the laws and blah 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 um, I think all three of those teams, or at least at this point of the season, are all obviously similar with one another. The, the games showed you that much. But Kentucky's just much more athletic. They're deeper than Gonzaga. Uh, their length should probably be a little troublesome for Gonzaga. I think Gonzaga's going to have some trouble scoring against Kentucky. But, you know, if Kentucky doesn't doesn't play well, that all that stuff doesn't matter. You throw all that stuff out the window. Uh, Kentucky's probably going to get some bad calls. How do they respond to that? Oscar Sheway, decent chance he gets in foul trouble after fouling out on Tuesday night. How does UK respond to that? Who fills in for Oscar when he's out? Can Lance Ware do enough things? So it's going to be a tough game. I think Kentucky's a better team, but you take into you factor in everything else going on. It's going to be a tough game. It'll be a really, really tough game. And regardless of if can, can Gonzaga beat Texas or got their brains beaten in by Texas, it's uh. Now they're going to probably be a little bit extra motivated, so it makes it maybe even slightly tougher for Kentucky. But it was always going to be a tough game. Yeah, and there's also like we we can't play the scoreboard math 
either. Um, that just, uh, well, they beat so-and-so and they beat so it's like in November teams are far from a finished product. And so really what's more frustrating is like, that's why you can't let winnable games slip away like you did because everybody is mm-hmm. very average at this point. So don't, don't let winnable games slip away. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Just can't. Uh, where are we at on the text line? We are at the texture that says, last night was completely unacceptable on so many levels. It was more of the same stuff from last year. That bozo and the blue pullover on the sideline is why this team won't win. Next year's team won't win. People have to stop defending and making excuses for Cal like they owe him money. That was from Josh. I like making excuses for Cal like they owe him money. That's just amusing. Um, I do uh, I Josh, do think, though, calm down. The, the, one, the one good thing is, though, is uh, Cal is getting the – his best, his teams are at their best when they have guys like Dillingham and DJ Wagner to run his offense, which is just do your thing. The chips will fall in place. You all remember 2018 when we lost to Georgia and Tennessee in back to back weeks while also getting demolished by Duke in the Champions Classic in the middle? Feels like that again. Oh, man. And Tyler went through the last five years or so. There's a lot of them. There's a lot of those kind of back-to-back bad losses. And it's usually Tennessee or Georgia in football and then uh, a Champions Classic beatdown or uh, upset uh, like uh, Evansville. But the thing is, it seems like it, you know, the law of averages usually comes back where Kentucky has a pretty good December. Whether it's, you know, basketball gets hot or pulls off some nice wins. You had the UNC beatdown last year. Bowl, the UK is on a nice little bowl winning streak, which is always a a real hootenanny and a good time. Uh, So it does seem like it bounces back. This year, you'll get a bowl game. Will people care about it? Eh, That's a conversation for a different day. You'll get a guaranteed win against Louisville. That'll at least cheer cheer people up. So this does seem like you get some some mid-November blues, and then it it gets a little bit better about a month later. Yeah, that's – it gets better. Don't worry. It gets better. 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text line. Very sloppy first half and only down two. Shots will start falling. Wheeler cannot be the guy that last possession, though. Wallace or Oscar should have had the last shot. A texter says, why am I getting St. Peter's vibes again? Your point guard has to make free throws. Make that guards. Yeah, um, making free throws is big, and that's why, if you notice, when they tried to do the full court play, I think it was, they didn't have Wheeler in the game in case he got fouled. Yeah. They like subbed him off its defense, which is that's not ideal. A texture says, I just wish officials would call the game down the middle. That's all I ask for. Well, no, no, they do. It's just in the middle of suck. Like they just suck all the time. Like they, they always. There's no difference in that screen besides the jerseys. Yeah. I mean, that's, and that's the stuff that no, I, I'm sure there are players that, that, this applies to more, but Oscar Sheeway gets at, punished as much, if not more. Maybe there's somebody that's out there that I don't know about, just for like being himself, just for his size and his body. And it's it's usually just because like of a reaction from another player. Correct. I, I was shocked that they didn't like go to the monitor and call a flagrant foul on him when he the 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 freshman like flinched because yeah. his arm got high. Yeah, they, they've got issues with that sort of stuff. Like, calling for the ball and having your arms out and then somebody's face hits your elbow, that that's that's not your fault, and it certainly isn't a flagrant thing. Like, you know, play, bat, offensive players have to have the right to position and space just the same yeah. way defensive players have. Mm-hmm. So if Oscar has his body on the block, 
he should be able to, assuming it's not anything excessive, like put his arms up and try to make space to be able to catch the ball. And if there's somebody there or somebody comes into him while he's creating that space, that shouldn't be on Oscar. Um, but that's getting into some basketball nerdy official conversation, and, and we don't want to do that. This is uh, a good team. Hopefully the issue is just early season chemistry. I'm just tired of losing big games. That Kansas win feels like it's been years ago. I agree with you. <laughs> That's a very good point. Oh, very good point. Uh, John here. Uh, good morning, everyone. Uh, sorry for being a day late, John. We keep being a day late. We're going to try to make it up to you today. Wow, we ended up on the wrong end of a good game last night. But, hey, plenty of basketball left to play. Team must stay focused and move on to the next one. I will not place blame on coaching or players. And put crap on social media. I think it does no good and looks bad on the fan base and team. Plus, you just get a big headache from arguing with others. And sometimes it comes to broken record conversation that sucks. I learned this the hard way a long time ago. You agree? Gotta go. Talk to you later. It's a little bit different when, like, part of our, like, this is kind of what we do is talk shop. So it's a little bit different in our, yeah. uh, from our perspective, John. Uh, but you don't have to entertain the idiots, though. That's true. Like, you don't have to respond to everything. No, you don't. Uh, John, I like your outlook. Uh, John went to the Evansville game last night. I think the Purple Aces got the win. Ooh. Hey, all you boys in purple. Texter on the Thornton Sex Line says, this sucks, but I think we'll be fine in the long run. We've got some young kids playing against older players. No answer for the big man when Oscar fouled out. Yeah, I, just, I mean, Kentucky had old players as well. Um, they had plenty of experience <laughs> out there. But but you're right that this will be fine, and you're right that it did suck. So I uh, yep. agree with most of your text. Speaking of Purple Aces, did you read uh, Eric Crawford's column yesterday? Eric Crawford's? Yes, about uh, covering losing teams, and it just sucks. No. Yeah, uh, it's really lengthy, and he mentioned, like, yeah, I didn't – like, it took until, like, basically 15 years before I ever had to cover a bad team because – he was in Evansville when Bruce Pearl had USI rocking, when uh, the Purple Aces were rocking. Uh, and then he didn't really have to cover a bad team until Cragthorpe. And he essentially said, hey, it's one thing to talk about, okay, this is going to be a long year. And then when you get there, it's it's the, the details, the devil's in the details, and it's even worse uh, once you get there, and it stinks. Um I did find it humorous, though, that he had to put in a thing like, they should open up the locker room for players. Like, a very big J kind of thing. Uh, that Yeah, I mean, I think he's been fighting that forever. I thought you were going to talk about Tyler Griever's Racing Louisville report, which was good journalism. Oh, I, I you know, I saw him tweet about it this morning, but I haven't been able to watch it yet. It's long. It's, uh, it, it's a long story. I mean, it just comes back to this, Christy Holly fella was just a huge POS. I mean, yeah. it was just a horrible. It uh, allegedly seems to come off as just an absolutely horrible person. My only issue is, is people just are looking for blood. I believe in all the wrong places. Um, they just like they want this to be a massive fallout where they're just they want everybody that like had any sort of say in any of this to be fired. This dude was recommended by United States Soccer. Like y you know, I don't. Louisville City certainly should have done, or Soccer Holdings, they're the organization that owns racing and owns Louisville City. 
Uh, they should have done more homework, uh, if nothing else. And uh, it, it's sad that it came at the expense of the athletes. But if nothing else, this can be a learning experience for everybody involved. They've already made a bunch of changes in that regard. Um, like, I just, I don't, Roush, it's just a society thing where it's like, Christy Hawley was the bad person here. He was the one that did some really, really horrible things. I don't know why what the blame can't kind of start and end with him and it be learning lessons for other people for their roles involved. I, I yeah, I know what you mean. Because like, you didn't, you didn't as soon story, as, so. as soon as they found out, I, I'm here though, but it's crazy that like the amount of, um, Subhead, yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot, but I will say, uh, I mean, they did fire him as soon as anything was brought to them, right? Yes, and no. So, like, players had concerns and complaints, and they would go to some people, and it sounded like they were heard and listened to, but they just didn't fire him. And then it kind of came out that he was sexually assaulting a player, and then he was fired. So, like, it, it was like if you would have maybe listened to people, you could have seen some of this stuff coming. Um, but yeah, like, yeah. It, it, it's also hard in the context of sports. Like when people complain about coaches, it's not just complaining about coaches. You know what I mean? Correct. Like it's, that 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 that's where it's just hard in sports to to be able to draw that line. Mm-hmm. So like that's why you know I'm like people need to have some sort of repercussions, and they're going they're going to feel it financially, right? Like having some sponsors back down. But like you know, don't throw out the baby with the bathwater. They just want James Conner. For- Oh. I think James Conner could have handled the situation better, no doubt about it. But a dude who's been in Louisville has done so much for the soccer community in Louisville. The, the fact that people are just demanding he gets fired, I, I think, are I think are misguided. But everybody's entitled to an opinion. Yeah. Uh, hour one done. Let's get back to hour two and get back to the text line. Let's do it. Maybe we'll look forward to uh, the, the previewing the West Central South Carolina State game. I've got I've got notes. I've got details, scouting reports. You're not going to want to. You'll know everything there is to know about South Carolina Upstate, State Upstate, whatever their name is. One of the Carolinas. We're playing them tonight, and we'll talk about it. This is Kentucky Roll Call and Big Exports Radio. Okay. Over? You say over? I ain't heard no family! Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is! With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back, hour number two on Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Radio. 96.1 on the FM dial, 14.50 a.m. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Kalen here on a, your Thursday morning. This week seems like it's been long. I don't, yeah. know what, I don't know what to make of that. I, I don't know if I was just so excited for Tuesday night that that made Monday and Tuesday drag, and then now I'm just so like ready for the weekend that it's made the rest of the week drag. But it, it's been a long week, Roush, or Roush and Justin. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I think waiting on the game on Tuesday probably plays a factor to that because I'm, I've, I've been in the same boat. It's been a really long week for me, but that's because I have to wait until tomorrow for Indiana to play. So this we're at the time of the year where your mindset is really dependent on when college basketball fires off. 
Yeah, uh, I, I, I do. I do agree with that. Uh, fun first segment there. We've got a lot to get to. Roush, you've already made the message boards, buddy. I did? You did. With what your, did I say? Just by bringing up the, you know, some of the scuttlebutt, Scangarello, bringing up that podcast, mm-hmm. Luckett, uh saying, you know, you know, we could see you eat the Georgia loss and then you get a shot in the arm by, by moving on, getting the, getting the players all excited, all that stuff. So uh, you've made the message boards, although I will take exception. Uh, the post says on his Louisville radio show. Whoa. <laughs> Scoots is Louisville radio show. It's technically Southern Indiana. It's the number one UK show in Southern Indiana. I think people forget that. People do forget that. Text on into the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. But, yeah, Roush, you're famous. If you missed it in hour one, uh, there was some podcast where a guy said that it could be um, one thing that Assistant coach can, reckoning. Yeah, assistant coach reckoning in Tuscaloosa College Station in Lexington. Can we get any of the reckoning of the of the Tuscaloosa people? We'll just like Yeah, no, and it, there's one in particular <laughs> that I really like over there. And it is not Eric Wolford. Um I'll bring him back too, for all I care. T Rob, big fan of uh T Rob. Who, Who's T Rob? Travaris Robinson played at okay. Auburn back in the day. Really, really big time recruiter. Uh, it is funny though, while this is happening, like Pete Golding, their defensive coordinator, he's up for the Broyles Award for the best assistant coach in the country, and he's like definitely getting fired. <laughs> like people, really? Uh, if it's not definitely, like he is, a lot of people want him gone. I mean, they're also, I mean, they're giving up a butt ton of points, so like you can understand why. Um, but yeah, um, not great, Bob. And and the thing is, is I actually caught the audio during the break. Um, and it is crazy the like, you know, we might, and it, it was prefaced by, it might not be a bananas uh, up top. Like it kind of feels like it's just going to be Matt Rule at Nebraska and Lane Kiffin at Auburn at this point. It's kind of where everything's pointing to now, which wouldn't be a ton of drama, but you could get a lot of drama in the assistant coaching ranks that has a trickle down effect elsewhere. Yeah. Something that we will be keeping an eye on something that uh, I think a lot of UK fans could be excited about, but also, you know, what's our confidence level and Stoops hiring another offensive coordinator. I think it's fair to ask. Yep. It certainly is. Um, could, could be great. Could be a stinker. Uh, you just never really know. Yep. Yep. Uh, we'll find out soon. Um, I, I did want to play this. This is audio from Chris Rodriguez in early October, I believe, after the Ole Miss game, before the South Carolina game. Uh, again, maybe some of the warning signs were there. Hell, that they, you know, it's a different team than last year. Uh, you know, last year we kind of bonded together a lot, but this year was just kind of different, you know. Uh, certain players, you know, just got to know other players that they weren't really hanging out with. Uh, it was a lot more fun, I guess, if I was say. Was there was there more? No, that's all. Okay. Just the answer about this year, the difference between this year and last year. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's just it's like not a last year. We were a much closer team. 
Well, it, it certainly shows on the field, Chris Rodriguez. I'm not blaming Chris Rodriguez for this. I we should have we should have this should have been a much more like newsworthier quote. It was it was so out of place. I remember it happening. That was actually his first interview he did. Um, I think before the Ole Miss game. Uh, come to think of it, so like I, it was uh, it was ten four. So I think it was after. Okay, okay, October but 4th. I, I remember a very it was a very awkward uh, quote like. It just was. It just was. And there's also a, yeah, you, you, like, there's just some signs we should have seen this. You're right. Like, between this and, um, like, Luke Fortner is, when he was starting for the Jags, why did we expect that Eli Cox would just all, just automatically be as awesome as Luke Fortner? Luke Fortner's yeah. been great as a pro. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, so, you know, that's on us. We get caught up in the hype. It happens. It happens. Yeah, I, mean, I thought that there would be a scenario for something like this, but I don't think you want to think going into the season that losing to Bandy is, is on the table for a year, but mm-hmm. uh, it snowballed. And, and, and like we've said, you've seen it on the field. This team, they, they don't seem to – this is some cliche talk, and I get annoyed with this from time to time, but like – do they play for each other? You've heard about like, you know, wide receivers not doing the things that they need to be doing. Uh, you see all the penalties. So obviously people mentally are, are a little checked out or, or just making silly mental mistakes, which can certainly fall back on the coaching as well. Uh, it's just, it just seems like a season that's unraveling, unfortunately. And it ain't going to get better this weekend, but you just, you circle that Louisville game and you say, maybe we can finish the year strong on a two win Two-game winning streak, you beat your rival, you keep the Governor's Cup, and and you go out there in a bowl game and maybe have some young talent to get excited about. But um, it, it's it's been a disappointing season. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Not what we all wanted, not what we were all expecting. And uh, similar to the basketball game on Tuesday night, I think there's plenty of blame to go around. But you look at the offensive pieces, and I think everybody can just go ahead and automatically come to the same conclusion that it should be better. It should just be better. Um, you know, there's no reason for Tennessee, who last year you felt like you were better than. Uh, they did get you up in Lexington, but you 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 went to the better bowl. Uh, you finished higher in the SEC standings, and a year later they're averaging 40 points per game, and you're you haven't gotten over 30. I mean, it's just that it's it's ridiculous. It, something's got to be done about that. So. Uh, I would, I, it's tough. You know, this is where Stoops got a tough job. I think he gets paid appropriately for it. Uh, I, I, you know, I don't yep. feel terrible for him, but this is why you get paid the big bucks. Things got to get better. And if that means even after a year, then you got to do what you got to do to make it better. It's a lot of bucks. It certainly is. <laughs> no, don't say bucks. It's not ladylike. Well, it is bucksy gun season for shooting bucks. Man. Have you ever been like buck hunting? No, no. I mean, me neither. Of fishing, what? plenty of time. Yeah, I mean, it just wasn't a like when people went hunting. I was playing basketball. What about maybe gone? What about a friend it, who would do it? What about any other type of hunting? Squirrel hunting, rabbit hunting, nothing. No. Nope. Really? No. Nope. I've never set off into the woods with a gun to kill animals. That is wild to me. I've shot plenty of guns in my day, but um, never, never actually hunted. I used to have a blow dart gun. It'd be a bad time to be a bird in my backyard when I had that bad boy out and running. <laughs> um, but no, that was uh no, never did. Never yeah, did. I, I had a friend in middle school that he would go hunting, and I could have, but it was just it's basketball season. I'm playing basketball. I'm not getting up 
to freeze my buns off. I mean, to get to get a little deer jerky, it's really not worth it. I mean, it's it's awfully cold out there. We know how your your thoughts about the cold too, Scoots. Well, you you're you're a coffee drinker, Ralph, so you would probably stay warm. Most people just pack them a big old thermos and take it out with them, then you keep warm. But I, I don't like the coffee, worst part so I about it is it's. It's with guns, and so you can't just like drink like fishing. Like fishing, it's just quiet boozing on a boat. Oh, like, you you oh, can sign drink. Me up. Warm you weather can, too. Pretty sure people get blackout drunk when they hunt. Yeah, you can drink while you hunt for yeah, sure. It sounds dangerous. It is dangerous. Oh sure. I wouldn't yeah, advise but, it. <laughs> That's what I mean. Like I don't know how drunk I want to get at four in the morning while we're toting guns around. You know. You well, can you just don't you don't shoot it when you just you shoot it when you see the animal. Well, you can hunt in the afternoon as well. You know that, right? Yeah, but that's not when they're feeding, though. They're they're pretty active at like when it's getting dark. <laughs> my cousin, my aunts and cousins. I got family in Paoli, Indiana, and they've got a few acres. And anytime we go up there, there's a deer hanging in the barn. They're 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 big hunters. So I, I've been around it. I've seen it. I've just never never partook in in the whole ordeal it really does sound just like a lot of work to be honest with you it is a lot like, of work you, yeah you gotta get up early you gotta put on all this equipment and gear like well you know it's just warm gear i know that you're not like putting on like a, a bulletproof vest or anything the, the deers don't shoot back but you put on your gear and then you gotta go walk and then you just go and you sit and you gotta be really quiet and then if you do find something then you shoot it and it's like sweet i got to kill a living creature it used to be living but now it's dead and then what do you like drag it? You have to like, or you have to track it sometimes and you have to oh, yeah. track it see where it dies. And then that takes forever. And then once you get it, you just like literally drag it. You just like pick up its back legs and say, you're coming with me, little feller. Uh, anytime I've dealt with it, we've always had like a four wheeler. We just tie a rope to it and drag it that way. But it's always, so I haven't hunted in probably, I don't know, three years now. I just, it's not worth it for me anymore to go out and sit in the cold, but I'm always, I'm constantly torn when I'm hunting. Because it's like, I don't, I do want to see deer because they're awesome, but I don't really want to shoot one because all that comes with that after, like you got to field dress it. Like you said, you got to drag it out of the woods. Yeah. I just, I would just rather not do all that. So it sounds like you would just rather not hunt. (laughs) Correct. That's why I haven't gone in three years. Sounds like you'd rather just hang out with people and drink in the early morning and be cold. Accurate. You just go to the IU football game for that. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> but that, but but I wouldn't be hanging oh, out with any setup teams. I wouldn't great be hanging setup. out with any people because nobody's there. <laughs> oh man. Oh, this text line is crazy. I don't know what we're gonna do about it. All right. A texter said, Well, we just gotta get after it, you know. Uh texter says Kaysen did not want the ball in his hands on that last play. Um, I mean, it also wasn't I don't think he expected it to go to him. Who is Cal going to play over Lance? Hugo got bullied by their big man. He, he was in there for three seconds. Like, he, he didn't <laughs> even get so a chance fast. to get bullied. The guy was getting position on him, and yes, Hugo got caught out of position. Hugo, if the guy wants to catch the ball right there, let him. I mean, you don't you don't need to deny the entry pass right there. Because you the, the thing he's got to remember, he does a great job with this most of the time. Like, if he catches the ball right there and has the dumb idea to shoot it, you're still blocking it. Even if you're two feet off of him, you're still blocking it. And then if he catches the ball right there, he's probably not going to shoot it, but he's going to maybe look to do a jab step or, or you know, try to somehow get around you. You don't want to be all up on him anyways if he's going to do a jab step. That's just a way to get your hands stuck in the cookie jar and get a foul against you. So playing him playing off is not going to be a bad thing really at any point. Now, if he's on the block, he's, he can't just give up a, a layup. 
But if the guy is anywhere, you know, three or five feet out, three, if he's five feet out from the basket and, and beyond, Ugo can be a foot off of him. He doesn't need to, to, to try to deny entry passes. But Cal, you got to play this dude. This kid's going to be a freak. He's going to be an awesome basketball player. He's got to learn by playing good opponents and getting minutes. And uh, so you got to play him against Gonzaga. And if you feel like he's still not ready, then let him really learn against crappy competition and let that dude play 30 minutes tonight. Like, ah, you, we know what you're getting out of Lance Ware. We've seen it yeah. for three years. And I hate that I come back to Lance. I'm not trying to be mean to the dude. I like Lance Ware. But you know what you're getting out of him, and it's just not enough. It's just not where Kentucky basketball needs to be, even in a reserve role. Ugo is going to change that. You've got to play that dude. You've and like I don't know why Cal. Um, we talked about it yesterday, but like why some freshman he has to like have his arm twisted to play, and then other freshmen he won't take them out of the game even I, if they're making you know the worst mistakes of all time. It's just it's so hot or cold there. I, I understand it to an extent with him because of. I mean, he reclassified up. He didn't get to play in the Bahamas. Like, he's going to be more behind than a typical freshman would be. For me, it's more of just the well, – I love the what about Lance, but, like, why are we so – it's one thing to be loyal to the Harrisons after they got you to a national championship game. What has Lance got you, you know? And again, like you, maybe some of these textures are right that, and, and I was, you know, I was having a back and forth with one of them that, like, maybe we'll see you gonna play meaningful minutes, and he'll just look like horrible. Like he won't even be able to catch the ball. His nerves will get the best of him. He'll be out of position. He'll just, fa- you know, pick up three quick fat. Like maybe that will happen. But goodness gracious, I'd rather see that and live with those results, and then know, then know what I'm getting with Lance Ware. And what you're getting with Lance Ware, somebody that's going to play hard, but probably going to get out of position, get beat on defense. So I like Lance a lot. Um, if this team wants to win a national championship, it'll be more obtainable with Ugo being the backup big. That's just that; those are facts. A texter says we all love Shibway, but he did too much celebrating after every play last night. I agree with that. That was a little uncharacteristic yeah. out of him. I think maybe he was just happy to be back and it was a big moment and Dick Vitale mm-hmm. was there, uh, but it seemed a little uncharacteristic out of him. I don't really mind it. Go crazy. You're don't, national player of the year, but just win. Don't That's we all, always know? see that though out of him? Like I, I was confused when I saw that text yesterday because Oscar always plays well, with emotion. Yeah, there was just more flexing and less like just firing up the crowd or something. Maybe the player yeah. of the year got to his head. Uh, you know, I, I'm not blaming him at all. And he can be as as cocky as he wants, or he can showboat all he wants. Just win, just win games. That's the, all um, cares about. This is a good text, TJ. You're gonna, you're really gonna act. Oh, God, bless America, TJ. Really, you're gonna act like Wheeler isn't a problem. The dude makes mistakes when it matters, and the offense was stagnant with Wheeler on the fourth end of the game because he can't score and he continuously makes mistakes. And Cal doesn't jerk him off the court like he does Reeves and. Frederick. Well, so here, here is the. By the way, the text said, "Jerk him out, jerk him out." Uh, not what Roush said. No, I was trying to make it sound. Well, I, you know what I did? I tried to make it sound less weird, and I made it sound weirder. So that's 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 on me. I think um, it was a Freudian slip. <laughs> the the thing is with Wheeler, like you do look at the box and you're like, "Oh, this isn't bad." And then it's like, "Man, it took him 16 shots to get 16 points." Uh, Wheeler gets the Archie Goodwin treatment. That doesn't mean that he needs to be the guy late in games 
but like he 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 gets punished for trying to do stuff while others just stand around with their thumbs up their butts. So it's you know kind of darned if you do, darned if you don't. Um, I don't blame Cal for, or I I I do I don't blame Wheeler for Reeves not being out on the floor. Like that's not Wheeler's fault. Reeves needs to be out there. He's just too good of a scorer not to play. He somebody had the stat out there. He played like three of the final eighteen minutes of the game. Uh, like that's ridiculous. This dude has won MVP and been your top scorer in every situation, and you just go away from him. It made no sense on Tuesday night. Reeves has to be out there. Wallace has to be out there. And then whether it's Wheeler or Frederick, play the hot hand. I don't care if the offense is really stagnant. Then let it be Wheeler. If uh, if you feel like you know Kaysen and other people are able to get inside, then let it be CJ to, CJ to help spread the floor. This stuff ain't that hard, folks. I'm just your normal old basketball coach in Linden. But, like, that's, that's the answer. Kaysen's got to be out there. Reeves has to be out there. And then it's totally situational on Wheeler or CJ. If, again, things aren't moving, let Wheeler go attack. And people, he can't get mad about that because he's somebody that can do it and he'll actually go do it. Um, if, again, Kaysen's having a good game, then, yeah, then I'm fine with Wheeler on the bench. I'm Like, I... I'm trying to do all this fairly. I don't have favorites in this. I just want Kentucky to win. So I'm trying to yeah, think yeah. what's best for Kentucky to win. It's not like I'm sticking my heels down on the Wheeler train. Wheeler does some stuff that other players weren't doing on Tuesday. And I don't think I'm going – I'm not going to punish him for that. But I do admit, you know, I, I do think that we can be better than that. I just I just hope that Cal learns from Kentucky's late-game mistakes with Xavier Wheeler. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, I, I'm right there with you. And another thing about it, too, is Michigan State had just played a close game that came down to the wire against good competition. Kentucky hasn't played good competition uh, since the Tennessee game in the SEC tournament. Yeah, they, they, St. Peter, sorry, no offense. Uh, no business losing to them and no business uh, really losing to anybody else up to that Michigan State game. So that's another thing that you can you can use to be a little bit more optimistic. But we all, uh, I'm going to say it a billion, jajillion more times in the show. We all just want to win. Cal runs zero plays for his shooters. That's just not true. Uh, he does. Why they don't work as often, though, I think is a better question. This team feels way different, even though Michigan State won this game. It's going to be really good. I'm concerned, again, with our option for backing up Oscar. Where Collins and Uganda are, did not play well. Why Ware continues to see the floor just baffles me. Collins gets a pass for obvious reasons. Yeah, we need Collins to look a little bit better tonight. Um, well, like the, you, we we expected that <laughs> on Tuesday we did. You're right. Yeah, we yeah. Ex- we did. This um, is where you kick the the rust off, and um, and in particular, like I just I don't pay very close attention to the lineups and the rotations for some of these games uh, because it's just you know you're you're playing kind of throwaway teams. But in between two big games, I'm going to see like all right, what, what what's he doing here with these lineups? Typically, you can just steamroll them no matter who is out there. But I am going to be keeping a keener eye on who's playing well together and when. I love Oscar, but he was too busy hot dogging after his defensive play with three seconds left, then didn't get set and got burned to end the game. The only thing that I didn't understand, and you know, Oscar hasn't he hasn't been watching basketball for thirty years like I have, but like Oscar, you still very easily could have lost that game. Like three seconds left, you're up by two. I just didn't understand. Like you losing was still in the equation there, Oscar. Forget about the tie. Like, just wait three more seconds before you go bonkers with celebrating. So uh, that was a, a little misstep by him there. But who cares? Uh, I, would, I would prefer the misstep 
are you all not tired of getting out coached year in and year out? The refusal to run an inbounds play, the refusal to play a two-three zone on an inbounds defense. Hell, we had Wheeler and Ware running a two-man game on offense down four with a minute left in the second overtime with our best scorer chilling on the bench. We need to get out of the Champions Classic until we can become relevant again. One and five in the last six is pathetic. <laughs> uh, it is pathetic. Bad. It definitely should never happen. And that uh, one and five is terrible. I who? I want to know though why. Why do you think running zone on inbound defense is good? Because Who does his, that? His grade school coach said that that's what you do. That, yeah, like that's the most like I grew up in the '90s and played basketball in CSAA. Like that's like teams don't do that. Nobody does that. That's just what you do with kids because it's easy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I get being frustrated with not wanting to run an inbounds play because there was if, there was one setting in overtime where I think it's like ooh now would be a good time to have an inbounds play. I'll say this to the texter: if you had run two three on that final possession, uh, Michigan State's not getting a dunk to tie the game. Yeah, so, they're probably like, just shooting an open three, getting a getting wide the, open three in the corner for yeah. their best for probably Hauser. Um, yeah, you know, and, like, then, and then you worry about the rebound. That's the biggest part. Is yeah. like with only three seconds left. I guess with, that's not enough time, yeah, but like a tip. Work. no, yeah. it, was, it was one shot with the three seconds left. Um, whatever it was a bad loss there's again in a cow was cow made plenty of mistakes i'm not i'm not trying to i'm trying to defend him on a big picture scale but on and on tuesday yeah he he goofed he made mistakes he certainly deserves the criticism for it let's go to our last break and we're just going to keep ripping through this text line the best that we can and then we'll make our predictions for tonight you're listening to kentucky roll call here on big exports radio 96.1 fm Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call. And what exactly are your demands? We need more lemon pledge. With Walker and Roush. We're not responsible for that. You should just bring it from your own home. No. Got out of town. The weekend is near. If you got big plans or no plans at all, Salsarita can help you out. If you've got no plans at all, then just get a mess of Salsaritas, eat it, stay warm, watch sports have the warm, gooey queso. Man, so good. If you do have plans, let Salsaritas cater it. No party's too big. No party is too small. Download the Salsaritas app. Check them out today. You can do all the catering, all your ordering right there with your fingertips. Don't have to talk to anybody. Two locations in Louisville. Middletown, it has a drive-thru. Don't get out of that car. And then the St. Matthews one, no drive-thru, uh, but really nice, really nice interior. We love Salsaritas. Let's keep on with the Thornton's text line here. Uh, where are we at? Uh, we are at the text that says, this team can't move the ball on offense. What Final Four are they going to? hey Well, uh, good thing they're not playing the Final Four this weekend. Yes, that's a good point. They don't do the Final Four in November. It's actually in April, which is mm-hmm. seems like a ways Weird, away. Because it was March Madness, and now it's April Madness? Come on. But you still get the March Madness, but you got to wait sometimes for the Final Four in April. Mm-hmm. 
I think y'all are being over the top. I think some of the emotions are coming from the Vandy loss too. Oh, no doubt that like it's just uh, it's a double dose of suck. Yeah, that no doubt real. about that. But it's like that's how yeah, that's how everybody's feeling right now. <laughs> I, and I thought like again, I thought we were frustrated with the loss. I think you should be. You shouldn't have lost that game. So like of course, games you shouldn't lose shouldn't make you happy. And then on top of it. I, but I, I do think we kept the overall sentiment. Like, this team's going to be fine. It's a good basketball team. They just, a lot of really frustrating things to give away a game, which we're all sick of. We're, we're all sick of. We, we're, yeah. we're spoiled as Kentucky fans. I think most people are self aware enough to realize that. Not everybody. Um, but we just sick of losing. Yeah. Two games that you should have won back to back football and basketball. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just tough. Yeah. Really, really tough. Uh, I've seen the same movie over and over again. Missed free throws, terrible half-court offense, get beat on backdoor screens, bad three-point shooting, same terrible out-of-bounds plays, etc. This is a bad loss, and it's inexcusable to lose. And play bad again on national TV with this team and talent. The the part that I just don't buy in all of this is, like, I get you need to it, – it's going to take time to find the right rotations and continuity. But some of the November stuff shouldn't be as bad bad as it is when you had extra time in the summer you know what i, I mean i agree with that but you it, like there is truth to the fact that you hadn't had your full team together in over a month though so does yeah, that yeah. does that erase away some uh like maybe you just come out to even with the summer was great and you were able to build some chemistry but when you lose that the five weeks six weeks before the season starts well you're once the season starts you're kind of just back to figuring it all out again so there is truth to that. Now, I I, I agree. I, you know, if I'm forced to pick, I lean towards, like, this team has too much talent. Who cares if they're only getting to play together? Like, you had that game won. That's the thing. You had the game won against Michigan State. You had it won a few different times. And each and every time, you just couldn't make that final play to put it away. And that's frustrating. People are allowed to be frustrated by that. Uh, the team is better without Wheeler, IMO. That's just a bad text. Just but you're entire everybody's everybody's got opinions. Not having Reeves and Frederick on the floor together more was foolish. That Steve, yeah, I, you know, I don't like. <laughs> they were having a tough time defending. Both of them were, but that's still not a good enough reason not to like try to get two people that I think could be some of the better shooters in the SEC. Like get them playing, get them on the floor. Good morning, but you know another issue is too is that you're like that was their first decent opponent that they've gotten to play against. You you can put people out there on the floor against crappy people, and it can all work because the teams aren't good. So you it, you you have a tougher time figuring out what works and doesn't work until you're actually going against good talent in those situations. Good morning, guys. Jamie from Illinois. Completely agree with TJ about Ugo. He played a whopping one minute. Also, why hasn't Cal learned how to finish a game? This is starting to feel like a repeat of last year. Jamie, we're only three games in, so I know I don't think it's a repeat of last year. And you got to remember, last year that team lost to Notre Dame. We all freaked out. They lost to Duke in the Champions Classic. We all freaked out. We thought it wasn't going to be a great team. And then, boy, when it switched, it switched hot. And maybe it switched a little too early, if anything. Uh, but then the injuries caught up, so I think that's probably more of it. But it, it's let's all be calm. Mm-hmm. Uh, can I also say too that not having the Reeves on, and Frederick on the floor more together, like neither of them played well. I don't agree. Like <laughs> you know, part of it is if they play, if they kept playing on the floor and they kept missing shots, then we'd be calling Cal an idiot for playing them too much. Why wasn't Casey Wallace yeah. playing? 
Reeves needed to play more in, in crunch time. Three minutes, that's just that's too few. But yeah, it's not like either one was lighting it up and yeah, like it wasn't to him. clear and plain and obvious, right? Like it was just. I, I think they kind of got he kind of got lost in the sauce while they were fighting it out and things were going good with the the five they had on there. Correct. Uh, some would argue they were not, but I I think that was more of what happened and not it wasn't a concerted effort because he's like got some axe to grind with one of those players. Also, can we let this team actually get more games in before we start ripping everyone up and down? I mean, no, we're going to take it a game at a game. Nope. And we're going to overreact yeah. every single game because that's what we do as fans. We're we're passionate fans. Um, it, it, it all comes from a place of love, but like, that's what sports are for, is for just losing our mind. Especially a daily sports radio show. Like we, yeah. we go, we go months without having like actual game content to talk out, uh, talk about. So when we do get the games, like, yes, we're yeah. going to react to them. Oh, and here's the other fun thing too, TJ, we're going to be so wrong so many times. So like, it's just, it's just how it works. I oh, love yeah. when people bring a oh roush remember you wrong about this like i'm probably wrong more than i'm right <laughs> we talk a lot on a lot of at least i'm on a lot of different things but still even just 10 hours a week is a lot yeah that's a that was kind of rude know, well here's the thing at, I, at I least keep, at least i'm on a lot of things huh well but like i i, I keep forgetting I'm on the where I say TV things. Network every night at six o'clock during dinner time and i put on a show for little lucy <laughs> <laughs> is what's what's Lucy's favorite food right now? Because she's got to be eating some big girl food, right? Uh, yeah, we, she pretty much eats everything. Um, I, on our little daddy daughter lunch the other day, the waitress brought her like she was like, "Can I give her some chocolate?" And you know, it's so funny until like once they're a year, they're allowed to eat anything. But like pretty eleven much, months, yeah. they're not supposed to. It's so ridiculous. So like they're fine to eat stuff at eleven months, and we let her eat some stuff at eleven months. But I was like, "Yeah, she can have chocolate. Go ahead." She freaking loved it. Oh my <laughs> gosh. She was in love with it. I think her favorite food that's like kind of in the rotation though, spaghetti. Just goes, oh, yeah. goes to yeah. town on it. I mean, that's pretty timeless. Like where, uh, you know, like Duke kind of grows out of some stuff. Like we can't always trick him with vegetables. He's like, give me some mac and cheese. Spaghetti is uh, just undefeated no matter what is happening. Um, although we did try to trick him with like a, like a, somebody made us a lasagna. And it's like, no, this is just a different kind of spaghetti, which it, it is. And he's like, no, this is big noodles. It's different. Like, Dude, stop. <laughs> no, it's not. It's the same. No, this is big noodles. I'm, I'm, oh. It's not spaghetti. That's cute. Oh, good old little Duke. Uh, how's how's Francis doing? He's he's good. He uh, He's just in a big, like, I really want to just be held all the time or else I'm going to be fussy. So, you know, that, that just that can wear mom out when dad's got to work. Yeah, I, I see that. Well, hang in there. <laughs> if you need anything. Uh, I still don't think I've met Francis, but we need to change that. Ha, 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 TJ, I'm not even going to lie. My butt got caught. I'm not afraid to admit it. Karma got my sweet buns. Having said that, I think you had a good recap this morning with your summary from last night's performance, and for that, I give you a lot of credit. The game was important for seeding, and we should have won. I do give Cal a pass when trying to figure out rotations because that takes time, and it's hard to have a great ro set rotation this early in the season. It is one of the downsides of having a lot of pieces is you do have to figure out which ones are the ones that work. Right. Uh, and that was alluding to Plumley Bro accidentally sending me a direct message talking smack about me. <laughs> Oh, that's great. 
Like, I don't even follow you, Plumley bro. Why are you allowed to direct message me? I thought I turned this feature off that Roush tricked me into. Is it because we direct message <laughs> back you, and forth before you, that like it, Pandora's yeah. box been open with you, Plumley bro? That- it's, it's open, dude. You're screwed. You're gonna have Plumleys in your DMs all the time. I, I like to keep my my follower list under a thousand. Uh, I, I'm at nine eighty five. So like I, you know, I am following more listeners more and more. I already follow a bunch, but. Uh, so if you have good tweets, I'm just going to follow you. It's as simple as that. If you have bad tweets, I will not follow you. So uh, Then you know, why the hell do you follow me? You have great tweets, and I love looking at your likes. Mm. I don't think I do have good tweets. Every time I send a tweet out, I'm like, this sucks. But I send it Justin, anyways. Justin, you, you just got to... You just gotta shoot some shots, man. The the more you, you the more you put up, the better you're gonna get. So like, just keep on firing away. <laughs> I like your tweets. All right, you had a really good one about Heineke drinking a Bush Light. Yeah, what a guy. I think occasionally, just when you're like drunk or something, it's like two in the morning. Just tweet out like a "Come on." <laughs> People will love oh, that man. stuff. Just get a thousand retweets. Mm-hmm. Exactly. If I'm guaranteed a thousand retweets, I'll do it. <laughs> What's your most retweets, Scoots? Any, uh, have you ever had a tweet go viral? Like six, maybe, maybe six. No, I've not had a tweet go viral. We'll, we'll beat. We'll, Roush will retweet you on something one of these days, and you'll see that blow up, buddy. <laughs> Ooh, and especially if you like talk some trash or whatever, then you'll get a bunch of UK fans in your mentions. It's a trick that I like to play on my friends sometimes. Hey, speaking of like, talk trash, uh, Kentucky volleyball beat Tennessee last night. Suck it, Vols. Did it wow. End up going, that ended up going to the fifth set or no? Uh, no, just four. Three to one. Because UK was up like 22 to like 18 or something in the fourth set. And Tennessee went on this monster run and took a 23 to 22 lead. And I was like, oh, no, this may go to the fifth. And then I never checked it again. So I didn't know. Yeah, they closed it out. Ah, that way to go, Craig Skinner and, and girls. Proud of you all. Oh, uh, man. Love this text right here. What really gets me, too, this team doesn't even look angry. You all just got embarrassed by the Peacocks, and I see the same carefree, nonchalant play we always do. I was just expecting some fire and to see a pissed-off UK team, especially against this Michigan State. It's one thing if body language is objectively bad. We're getting mad because they were actually sell, like We're wondering if Oscar was being a little too chesty. Like, the, do they even care is yeah. such a silly, like, did you just want him like <laughs> on the sideline before the game? Like, I, what did you want from him, Texter? Then Texter, you just wanted him to win. Like, you, <laughs> that's you all you know, wanted. Yeah, you, you just wanted him to win. You don't notice or say that stuff if they win. Um, we and we all did. A Texter says, Jamie again. Not sure if you brought it up, but do you think Cal should have played the arrow at this at any point? Um, I don't think it's as egregious as the Ugo stuff, Jamie, but what I would add is like, I'd be much more liberal with my roster management. If I was a coach, like things aren't going well offensively. We've had a three minute stretch and not making a field goal. The arrow, what can you do? Go out there and just like play really hard for a little bit. Maybe you can create something. And then after maybe a minute or two, I'd probably take him back out. Um, just cause you're fine. You're more, you're more steady at that position than you are in the front court when Oscar wasn't able to play. So that's, that's the difference. Um, and the next text are along those lines. TJ, Onenzo was minus six on the court in his only minute of action. Collins played 18 minutes and only tallied two points and one rebound. Who else are you playing to guard a 6'9", 240-pound center with no Oscar? So this was a texture that kind of went back and forth a little bit, and then I went back and forth with them. How Onenzo was minus six in one minute makes no sense. I mean, it just, like, makes no I mean, sense. It's really hard to, like, 
for that to happen that quickly. Yeah, and that, you know it's such like an anomaly. That's not his fault. They were minus six in a one minute that he was on the floor. Uh, that's shocking. That's like almost hard to believe. Opening statement was just bad, according to our radio show. Um, mm-hmm. Cal and Kentucky defended the first inbounds play perfectly with a block shot, and they had to run another play. Nick, they were going over the top of screens all game. What are you talking about with the circle action? Michigan State cooked the clock down under 10 seconds before they tried to score every possession, but it's a problem if Kentucky does it in the half court. Yes. it. Kentucky is not good at executing in the half court. That's what I'm talking about, the circle action. You know the circle play. That's what I call it, it and it's the two staggered down screens. Um, I went through that ad nauseum about why I don't like it, and it's you're wasting so much time. Um, teams do it, and I hate it. Michigan State knows how to execute in the half court. Kentucky is not. They're not a very good. We've only got 10 seconds left. Savier Wheeler, go do something. I do not like that kind of offense. If you do, Texter, then I'm sure you love the offense against St. Peter's as well. Like there, there's, It's a lot of bat half-court offense late in the shot clock. There just has been with Cal Perry. The part I don't – what are you talking about? They go over screens all the top, over the top of screens all game. They switch everything. They've always switched everything, and that's why Lance Ware was guarding a dude one-on-one at the top of the key. The problem was is when they were setting those uh, down screens is that when you were chasing him, Oscar and wasn't doing enough to help or to at least act like even put on the facade. Because the reason why you don't help too hard is because they give up a layup. But like I would argue that Oscar has a better chance of stealing that pass than Joey Hauser has of missing that shot. So I, I just I just did not like the way they defended that the whole time. And I'm just very anti-switching. Because you get guys, you get bigs like Lance Ware guarding point guards in huge mismatches. Uh, they did that quite frequently against Kentucky. Bad opening, fellas. TJ, why are we not playing CJ Frederick at the four? Probably because he's 6'3, 180 pounds coming off a major knee surgery. Like, what? And, and y- yes, I mean, that's a that's stupid to think like CJ Frederick, your power forward. I'm talking about just playing four guards. I'm just talking about playing <laughs> four guards. CJ Frederick doesn't have to be the four. And I think I did say CJ Frederick, the four, but don't look, don't, don't think so much positions and numbers uh have case and wallace guard their power forward if they have to like yes not an ideal situation you wouldn't you wouldn't probably be able to get away with that but then how are they how are they guarding on the other end that's something that cal just i don't think ever really how are they guarding on the other side of things how, how are you guard if you have Kaysen, reeves frederick and you know, livingston would be a like he's somebody i think you could get away with actually playing a little bit of small ball for but it'd be really tough to guard if you have four people that can hang out on the perimeter. And, you know, three of them probably could blow by you if need be. It'd be tough to do. I just would like to see it, Texter. And Texter says, TJ, put the guy who skipped his senior year of high school and was awful in his only minute of play in the last play of the game over the National Player of the Year. Use your brain. Come on, man. I'm not trying I mean, to do hateful stuff. but This, this Texter just doesn't is not opening their ears. And that's what I said to him. I was like, I never said to take Oscar out. I'd put you got on the ball there. And like, imagine having to throw over that dude. Imagine having to throw a ball around that dude. You're probably not throwing it at the rim. You're probably throwing it outside, out out the perimeter, just because you need to be able to get around him. And I never even said take Oscar out. Now, would you want Oscar and you gonna in at the same time? Maybe, maybe. I would want as much length as possible in a three-second where you have to defend for three freaking seconds. They don't have time to do a lot of stuff. They don't have time to take somebody off the dribble. They don't have time to, you know, 
set it up and get a screen and make a mismatch. They're shooting the ball. So get length out there. Roush, would you tweet about someone on the football team the way you tweet about Wheeler? If you have, I haven't seen it. These texts get annoying. Yeah, I know. Um, I think you haven't heard me talk about Jeremy Fox, have you? I think Roush has been plenty tough on multiple football players. I've <laughs> been very tough on a lot of them. Uh, guy clearly slid under Reeves with a charge. That should have been an and one. He basically landed before there was contact. Yeah, yeah he, that was, he like yeah, it was, it was bad. So it was bad. Very bad. There should never be a moment where we don't have three of our four guards on the floor. I agree with that. Not an excuse here, but it was clear which team was coming off a close loss to one of the best teams in the country late in the game. Got a feeling that Michigan State wasn't going to let that happen twice. Yeah. But, then, you know, if they're not going to let it happen twice, Kentucky needs to well, make it happen twice. And Kentucky had so many chances to make it happen twice, and they came up short. I, I think the the better point to be made there is not that they weren't going to let it happen, but they've just been in that situation before, whereas this Kentucky team had not. Sure. Um, it was their first true test down the line, and they, they failed it. They failed it, and you got plenty of time to fix it. Who else would he have gone in for, especially to guard the rim? That was that uh, texture about you going to – yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I, like I didn't say specifically take out your national player of the year, but, but size in that situation, texture. I'm sorry. It's just – it's a smarter way to go. You who want is, size. You want the length. Who was in it like the four there? Cal Love's playing two bigs. That would have been an idea. I think it was Toppin. Toppin was the one that was getting mad at Oscar because Oscar came out instead of staying put. Uh, Oscar just misplayed. I mean, more things than not, Oscar just misplayed it. Yeah, uh, he did. You know, we he got caught staring at all the about that. But yeah, uh, mm-hmm. Oscar just messed up, and they took advantage of him. Why are we acting like we're zero and ten after a loss to Michigan State? We're very I mean, fragile we're, right now. We yeah, we're fragile. It was a bad loss. It's mm-hmm. one that you gave away. But yeah, I think we can all realize Michigan State's a good team. Am I the only one that stopped going to the KSR website after all the football basketball stuff pushed by KSR? I feel like after they all showed their bias as Stoops' mouthpiece, I find it hard to read and listen to any criticism about the basketball team by anyone who is KSR-affiliated without thinking there is an ulterior motive. Well, you're listening to this show, buddy, so I don't know how you're doing that. Um, Well, on a nicer note, Texter, like Jack Pilgrim's, great at what he does he's worth your reads he's worth your clicks he he's he doesn't have like an ulterior motive where he's powered by the football program um i you, you know i think you're i think you're projecting I mean, a little bit some people he, on the everybody he, uh, there are people there that are ginormous kentucky basketball fans and they deserve your clicks he is the closest to the person to the program outside of kyle tucker i carumba you know what i mean like nobody pushes more stuff that, that that's being told to him from the coaching staff the Kyle. so like i don't this whole oh is there there's a motive one way or the other yeah, like don't worry don't get, caught, don't get worked up about it it was a silly text nick do you have any idea about the running back in the transfer portal that your former boss hinted about does it rhyme with hank higsby everything i've heard about hank higsby is that he is going to cost too much he's going to cost too much yeah well, he's everybody cost more than running back as well everybody better pony up on the 15 collective Hey, Dion Walker loves the BBN, though, so you're doing a great job, Big Blue Nation, on that collective. Woohoo! That is from Kirby. Feel a lot better a day removed. I think everyone was pretty on edge emotionally with St. Peter's and Bandy, but we just played bad and still should have won. Also, the Izzo Cal-ish is overboard. Izzo didn't call the most insane inbounds play ever. Just some terrible defense by our most tenured player. We will be back. There you go, Kirby. Love it. Betting heavy on the happiness hedges and putting winnings into a Kentucky 15 club subscription. That's what I call Betty beating the system. <laughs> am i just making it up in my head that you got a committed that foul and to- got totally lost on a screen and gave up a dunk thought that's what that's what got him yanked more so than the foul 
I honestly, it happened so quickly, TJ, that I don't even remember the play. But yeah, I remember you know, him I getting need to beat. go back. Texas, he, he, you're probably right. I don't think you're just making yeah. that up. So I, I, I'll, I'll defer to you on that. Um, all I'm saying is, though, if that's enough to get Yang to never get back in the game, then you would think Lance Ware would have never played after game one by that logic. Because Lance Ware makes plenty of mistakes. I mean, plenty, plenty of mistakes. So that's not a good enough reason for me, even if that is true. But I, I'm going to agree with you. All right, predictions and MVPs for tonight. We'll put a cap in the text line. We're just so, I mean. Apologies for the Rouse text earlier. I was cranky. <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, forgive, forget, forget him. Forget. It's all good. It's all good. Texture. Would prefer Gonzaga not coming off a loss. Yeah, I think I'm right there with you. Is there 11 yeah. personnel this week, Roush? Yeah, it was supposed to be yesterday. We recorded it, but it just couldn't get up in time. Be up soon. All right. I will go right now. The scoreboard on our game. Uh, remember, if we pick the wrong winner, it's minus a point. So our scoreboard is Justin, two points. Me, zero points. Roush, negative one. That's tough, Roush. You're in the red. Um, so. We start with the leader, MVP, and how score. Uh, give me the Cats to win by 52. Yeah, that's right, 52, 110 to 58. Give me Reeves, MVP. Oh, Bounce back. All righty. All righty. Um, you have Reeves? Correct. Okay, I'm yeah. going to go Cats win by 33, and go ahead and give me Wallace. Oh, wow. Y'all left me Oscar Sheboy? I'll I'll take it. Don't you think they're going to be like easy with him tonight? So <laughs> he still have a double double. It's going to oh, be yeah. hard to beat that. Yeah, he will. So uh, give me the cats by forty seven. Forty seven. All right, big wins for UK tonight. Enjoy the game. The Pack Attack beat the Titans. Suck at Tennessee. Uh, it's going to be a fun Thursday night for old TJ. And we'll be back tomorrow morning, 7 a.m., to talk all about it. We hope to see you then. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. Roll Call.